You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. What if I told you that you could find healing on the cellular level so the shifts are long-lasting and transformative? The magic word Ayurveda, it means the knowledge of life. And one little Ayurvedic practice, Panchakarma, makes all the difference. These are the exact words on the first page of Dr. Judith E. Pence's new book, Cleanse Your Body, Reveal Your Soul. I am very excited to have Dr. Judith here as our guest on Wellness for Life to talk about the healing techniques of Ayurvedic medicine. She's an integrative psychiatrist practicing in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as well as an assistant professor at the University of New Mexico. Welcome. Welcome here to Wellness for Life. Thank you, Dr. Suzanne. I'm really excited about being here. Absolutely. Dr. Judy, you know, before we really dive into Ayurveda, can you tell me what is integrative psychiatry and then what inspired you to explore Ayurveda? So integrative psychiatry is um, looking at the best of both worlds, that what is seen as integrative, holistic, and the allopathic world. So I still consider uh, prescribing, but it is not my first tool. And I look at lifestyle issues, nutrition issues, and um, really do a deep dive in terms of labs and stuff to see what can be adjusted Simple things like if there's a low serum ferritin that a person is struggling with, that's a great way to look at iron levels. And sometimes that and adjusting, you know, if there's a need for vitamin D support, um, because that often is a problem in in various um, individuals, regardless of ethnicity. And so looking at trying to combine, you know, aspects in that regard. And then Ayurveda for me, um, I'm fortunate in Albuquerque where we actually have a school of Ayurveda, um, but the person I ended up working with is a clinician um, from India, not affiliated with that particular Ayurvedic school, but helped me to see the value through our conversations of what um, Panchakarma can do. In addition, after I went through a couple cleanses, he and I actually had longer conversations because I kept noticing how amazing I felt and how it was a sustainable change that I experienced with um, having done the cleanse. Great. You know, in your book, Cleanse Your Body, Reveal Your Soul, you mentioned that Ayurveda for you transformed your life for the better, but, but it also helped you find a deeper awareness of self and the essence of your being. I really would love to just explore what you're saying about essence of your being. Can you connect to that for us? Sure. So um, each of us, um, from my perspective, are you know is on a life journey and trying to sort out what it is that we really want to express um, most fully in our lives. Um, is it through our creativity? Is it through the work that we're doing? Um, is it through the art that we're creating, that type of thing. And sometimes we can get lost in the doing of our day, be it, you know, for work or whatever, and kind of forget the bigger picture of what is it, what is it that brought me and and to live this life and how can I live it more fully? And so for me, it's allowed me to step back and say, what are the reasons of um, getting up every day and doing the best I can and I feel like um, there's a term that's used in um, in Buddhism as well as um, 
in the yoga language in Ayurveda is about connecting with your dharma. What is the true essence of who you are in terms of the life purpose and how can you express it more fully in your life? And I feel like um, the journey that I've been on, especially with the support of um, the Panchakarma, I've been more able to express and walk in that direction. Mm, that's great. And it's wonderful that you actually found that place for you because a lot of people are searching still, you know, and and I would love right. about your book right. is a very easy read and but a lot of information in, in this cleanse your body, reveal your soul. What I um, really appreciate is that um, you go into all the your story, how you went you even went to India, I understand. I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, and then you you give a great introduction of Ayurveda. You start out with what what Panchakarma is. So I'd like to ask you, what is Panchakarma, and can anyone do it? Can anyone try it? Uh huh. Well, <clears throat> so Panchakarma um, in the realm of Ayurveda is a very specific intervention that um, is prescribed by an Ayurvedic uh, clinician. But each day you're exposed to certain types of body work and, and other procedures, um, including a steam bath, um, the uh, placement of um, herbed oil on um, like your chest area or on your lower back. Um, you also can receive something called shiradhara, which is um, dropping the oil onto your third eye, um, the area between your two eyebrows. And when you do that, you're able to um, experience healing in those specific areas, but not um, just on the surface level, but on a very, very deep level. For example, um, so each day you have a certain pattern of um, body work that happens, and often you might have the shirodara or not, depending on what your needs are. And it's prescribed by the clinician as to what each day will hold for you. Um, there are certain health restrictions um, that do prevent people from being able to access Ayurveda, but the different types of body work and the different rituals that I mentioned in the book are available to pretty much each and every person. There can be exceptions to that. For example, the Shirodara, if somebody is actively in a manic state, um, which means a bipolar elevated state of mind, they're not a candidate for it. Um, if you are in active cancer treatment, it is not necessarily a protocol for you. But if you have your basic lifestyle health issues, be it the diabetes, the arthritis, um, pain issues, that type of thing, um, hypertension, um, many of these um, interventions by an individual um, application can be very, very supportive and very healing. For example, there's a form of body work um, where two people are applying oil, heated oil, and massaging your body and your joints in a very deep way. That's something that most people can benefit from. And often spas in the United States now offer different um, parts of the different um, body work that I mentioned and are available to pretty much everybody in the population. So, but what's different about this particular eight-day cleanse is it is prescriptive and supportive for you as an individual. And there aren't that many sites that are actually doing the full eight days. Um, here in the United States, there are a few available, um, but in India, it's certainly very available. 
it is the spa part that is actually more available to more people. And, um, and I speak to that um, in the book as well. Mm, thank you. Um, you know, I was, I forgot when it was, it was like maybe 25 years ago. It was a long time ago. I found, or at least I read into um, Ayurveda back then, and, and I saw that um, when I answered some questions, uh, they, the book gave me information that my dosha, my dosha, I guess it's a type of, um, like a body type, I guess. Constitutional. Constitutional, thank you. Uh, that I was, I was um, a, uh, I was a pitta with a, a little bit of vada. That's my constitution. Uh-huh. And if you uh-huh. if you go through this panchakarma, does it depend on what your dosha is? No. On what kind of treatments you get? Um, actually, so basically um, it is through the process of the clinical assessment and the pulse um, diagnosis that um, one is then told about where the imbalances are in the body. And we all end up being imbalanced in our current culture. And... So what um, happens is we are born with a certain uh, dosha, uh, but because of life and our daily habits, that um, can be shifted, and we can have what's known as a, a vada imbalance, which basically means more of an anxiety-based type of picture, and that's true for most of us, especially during time of COVID. And so there's a lot of basic routines that one can do to help calm the nervous system independent of panchakarma that I speak to in the book, including oiling your body, um, doing an active meditation practice, finding some form of body movement that's really helpful and supportive for you. So despite, um, so your dosha that you're born with or that um, versus what you're living with is something that's addressed through panchakarma, but also can be addressed with daily rituals that I just mentioned. Um, so regardless of your dosha, the um, idea is to look at the imbalance that you have in the moment and help address that with you. Um, and that said, even if you wanted to do panchakarma, most places would recommend that you actually do lifestyle changes and um, food changes before you actually go into treatment for it to help it maximize the benefit for you. Right. I remember um, reading about the different types of food to support uh, the dosha, my dosha. And, um, but can you go over some of them? Um, for instance, uh, what type of food changes uh, do one need to go through before going and trying the panchakarma treatments? Okay, so you mentioned about the screening assessment, and um, I don't have one in my book, but they're readily available at different Ayurvedic sites. Um, the, um, in fact, I know that Deepak Chopra's um, website um, at his uh, place in San Diego has it. Also, we have an herbal... I think that's the book I actually read. Right. I actually read his book. Right, Perfect Health. Perfect Health. That's it, Deepak Chopra's. That was like 25 years ago. I know, Right. Um, and, and that was actually one of my introductions to it. And then when I moved to Albuquerque from um, Ohio, I discovered that it was in my backyard. So that was really nice and very accessible for me. Um, but like there's an herbal company here in town called Banyan Botanicals. They have a nice checklist um, so one can actually see what their dosha is. But ultimately, to get really refined about it, seeing an Ayurvedic practitioner helps support that process. 
Um, so once you know your dosha, you then can step back and say, what changes can I make in my life? So, um, But there are basics that apply to all of us. For example, if we're drinking too much coffee and we have anxiety issues, that's one of the first things I say to people. Look at what might be further inducing anxiety in your life other than your own, um, you know, your own internal state. If you're doing external things and staying up too late, not sleeping regular, you're eating irregular, all those things will actually induce more anxiety. And so part of it is um, looking at ways to calm one's lifestyle down and our food choices. Eating too late and eating to the point where you're so full and then you still go to bed, that's going to cause problems with sleep, for example. Um, not eating at all and then trying to eat all at once also can cause some imbalances. So um, regardless of the dosha, there are some patterns and habits that people can actually engage in that are very supportive and healing for them. Mm. Uh, in your book, you even go into an assessment for toxins. Toxins. And interestingly, it's not just about toxins as in like chemical toxins. You even go into like the toxic thoughts. Can you can you talk a little bit about it as a uh, coming from a perspective of an integrative psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. So um, toxic thoughts. Um, if we're actually spending a lot of time um, in a mode of self-loathing, for example, or if we're actually act in an active state of disharmony towards others in our thoughts, and then that can actually cause some toxic thoughts. If we spend time with people who are very negative and um, bashing of others, that can also lend to the challenge of having less toxic thoughts. So it's not your own thoughts alone, but um, those of people that you spend time with that can actually have an impact on the quality of your life on a day-to-day basis. And self-harm thoughts, are as difficult um, and important to acknowledge as the, you know, the the thoughts we have towards others and wanting um, ill to come to them. We really have to start with ourselves in terms of learning how to look at loving kindness for ourselves. And once we come into that space, it's much easier then to consider um, that that other person who is different than us, maybe not being as um, horrible or evil in our mind. So if we come from a place of love within us, we're less likely to find um, the bad in everybody else all the time. I know that many, um, you know, a lot of my patients, they have a tough time moving away from self-criticism and uh, judgment. What are some of the words that we can say to ourselves? What are some certain sentences that we can say literally to ourselves within ourselves so that we t- get get away from that? Because it is it can be super debilitating for people to change. Right. So, um, you know, I, I when I'm teaching um, at the university, I work with residents in psychiatry and I just finished teaching mindfulness. And the very last meditation that we worked on was called um, befriending meditation also known as the meta meditation, M-E-T-T-A in the Buddhist tradition. And um, so it's not so much about trying to get rid of the thoughts, but acknowledging that they're there and letting them go and not being attached to them. That's really important. One can work with affirmations in terms of looking at what thoughts are negative and trying to come up with the positive, but adding the meditation and embracing um, that part of the negative 
and allowing yourself to embrace all of you can actually be a good exercise to consider. Um, in fact, all the residents I'm working with right now voted on that being the one particular meditation we'll keep working on throughout the year because befriending oneself is a challenge for most of us. And if we can acknowledge that there are parts of ourselves that are challenging to be with um, and embrace them, then they're less likely to come knocking on the door unannounced. It's simply a part of who you are and you move through it and it's without attaching to those negative thoughts that you can then move through them. Mm, That's beautiful. Befriending oneself. Wow. Uh, I haven't heard that in a while. And I think that we need to do more of that, especially during these times, you know, in COVID times, we are, we all scared. We, we, are by ourselves more than more than uh, we right. ever, uh, we've ever been. Right. So might right. as well start from within and um, and having like a meditation ritual. Um, are you interested in like meditation with with chanting or is it more um, more just mindful um, with a certain sound? How how do you recommend mm-hmm. people to start? Well, um, what I recommend is that people um, pick up one of, you know, add one of the um, apps that are available and free out there, Um, be it, um, you know, the one I'm using right now is Insight Timer, but I know that there's many others out there that are available and and pick and choose and find one that resonates for you. I just, as I mentioned, taught mindfulness to the residents and, um, you know, the book I use called Mindfulness. Uh, Finding Peace in a Frantic World is a great one. They have a great website with free downloads, um, you know, in terms of that process, and it's um, franticworld.com. And my point being is explore, ask questions, and find one that works for you. For me personally, I work with mantras. I do um, breathing techniques like called pranayama through the yoga tradition, and I find that helpful. I also do a sequence of um, yoga um, asanas and do that before I even sit down to meditate because if my body is more settled, that impacts my mind and I'm able to actually meditate more. In fact, in my book, I mentioned that the Buddha, it said that the Buddha was um, told to practice asana first to the yoga movement in terms of body movement for a very long time and then only then was he allowed to learn how to meditate. So calming our body and um, and making sure we're coming from a place of groundedness allows for the mind to settle down more easily. Mm, great. You know, I'm I'm someone that have had a morning ritual. I can't even tell you how long, maybe 15, 16 years. And I start out with a tapping technique that I created. And it's tapping on specific energy points, meridian points, and going through all the meridians and pretty much kind of like waking up my body. And I find that that really sets the tone of my day and how I'm going to feel and how I'm going to be able to be of purpose. Now, I know you're really also into morning rituals. Can you share your morning ritual with us, please? Sure. Um, So I actually do a a, a total body oiliation in the morning, and what they refer to as an abhyanga, um, before I shower, and then after that, I begin my yoga routine. Um, and in between that, I actually make a ginger tea of fresh grated ginger because that's helpful in terms of one warming the body, but also re- reducing inflammation in the body. 
And I have a prescribed uh, different herbs, including coriander, some turmeric, and a couple of herbs in it, too, from uh, the Ayurvedic practitioner that I work with that I drink throughout the morning. Um, and then I, after the yoga routine, I proceed to the um, breath work, the pranayama, and then I have a meditation as well as some prayers and intentions I focus on um, before I start my day. I find that most necessary. Um, I actually tried to walk away from it for a while and really regretted those few weeks that I did that and have come back to that ritual um, and finding it very grounding and supporting, um, you know, for the energy and, and the focus I need for throughout my day. Uh, that's what, how I feel, too, with all the little things that I do to clear my body, my mind, and, and just get ready. And uh, I know that um, in your book, you go through your uh, morning rituals and all that. Uh, but also, um, what I want to ask you is when I know that you mentioned earlier on about the different health conditions that can help, especially chronic illnesses. Um, but can you use Ayurvedic medicine to prepare for a pregnancy? I'm, I'm interested oh, yeah. in that you can. Yes. Yes. In fact, um, the, uh, there is a, a form, uh, a specialty called uh, gynecologic and obstetric um, uh, Ayurveda. And so, in fact, the person that I've seen in India, his wife is a uh, uh, gynecologic, uh, you know, Ayurvedic practitioner. And so she actually helps people. In fact, she supported my transition from, um, and not about pregnancy so much, but more the transition from um, being, you know, into menopause. And I found it very, very helpful. Mm, that's mom, right there. It's for me. <laughs> Uh-huh. So yes, that's yes. good. That's good. Um, we just got a few more minutes. I'd really like to ask you a little bit about your textbook. And it's about depression, integrative therapies for depression. I'd like to know your holistic approach to handling depression. And, and I know that in this COVID times, it's just the numbers have gone way up, depression and anxiety. Um, so if you can share a bit about how you think and whether you want to use Ayurveda or not, I'd like to hear yeah. about your approach. Sure. So in terms of um, treating depression, um, I always take a lifestyle assessment and a dietary assessment as part of that pro um, approach. I look at um, what are the lifestyle, um, the daily habits a person has, and look at where one can make changes to support their well-being. Um, as I mentioned, I will get labs to make sure that there isn't some basic changes. Um, you know, there's one person, I'll just quickly say, um, she began, and I always ask if people are willing to meditate because of the power of meditation and the impact it's had for me. And again, I don't say one, I don't prescribe my way of doing it. I ask them to explore, but I'll give them options to consider. Um, but this one particular person, I'll just quickly say, she made and was willing to make some lifestyle changes. She reduced her six cup a day of caffeine intake to just one to two in the morning and not throughout the day. Um, she was willing to consider um, doing foliation um, of her body, which she found very soothing and calming. And she chose to walk instead of doing yoga, and she found that really helpful. And outdoors is better than indoors if that's available to you. Um, being in the fresh air and being in nature 
it has been found to be very supportive. There's something called forest bathing, which it means you go out into nature and spend anywhere from a half an hour to an hour. And they found it so useful in Japan that it is actually a part of their prescribing practice for physicians to offer that um, for patients to go out into um, the forest to feel better. And so looking for nature is very important. Um, and then uh, depending on the depth of depression, um, I may not use medications. I will look at their ability to digest food if, um, and if there's other issues. There's sleep problems. We'll address all the sleep issues. If there's a need for a sleep study, we'd look at that. But ultimately, if anxiety is an underlying component, I always ask, is anxiety driving the problem versus depression? Because then if I calm the person down through different um, lifestyle changes and uh, simple things like some magnesium citrate at bedtime, that can be really helpful. Diffusing lavender if nobody's allergic to it, um, having a cup of chamomile tea, looking at all these things to help calm a person down. And then always looking at a need for therapy or not. Um, if there's a trauma history, because it's so rare now that we know as much as we know about trauma, that that needs to be addressed, because um, that can be also driving the depression for that person. So all that is a part of the picture, looking at the lab, and then, only then, would I maybe consider um, uh, an antidepressant. Oftentimes, I'll talk, if it's not too severe and there's no active suicidal thoughts, I would look at using um, possibly SAMe. Um, or St. John's Wort to help support that person. Um, and there's also the possibility of curcumin um, and a couple other herbs out there. You, working with adaptogens can be very powerful, too, to help support a person's well-being and improve their mood as well. Do you at all look into micronutrient therapy and amino acid therapy? I do. Um, so if a person is willing to consider that, um, that can be a part of the component to, to support them. Um, micronutrient therapy actually has shown and has a good body of research um, where it allows um, mood stabilization. Um, and I had some success where some people have been able to add lithium, um, a low dose of over-the-counter lithium with a micronutrient to support um, even people with mild um, bipolar disorder. Yeah. I've, um, you know, I take, I do a test on some of my patients when they're really in anxiety state. Um, it's the pyrrole, cryptopyrrole test, pyroluria, looking for mm -hmm. that. Right. And where there's right. B6 and zinc deficiency in individuals genetically. And I can't right. tell you how many patients have done so well just from, I, I highly recommend everyone seeing a doctor for this, getting the right test to see if you have a genetic predisposition. Uh, where you're urinating a lot of the zinc and B6. But once you start to slowly increase the level at the optimal level, and everyone's very unique, everyone's different in what their dosage is, it is shocking on how some of these people can really function optimally. Social anxiety just disappears, you know, in different situations. I was very, very right. um, surprised how quickly you can shift an individual that way. Right. It's very powerful that way. You're right. Yeah, so yeah. you're actually bringing yeah. up a very important point that our biochemistry is very unique. And the challenge with, um, you know, the way prescription uh, medication is happening, there isn't enough um, individualization that's happening. And so if there's other ways to support the person, um, you know, and help minimize exposure to the medication, um, that's always a goal that I have. 
Thank you. Uh, one last question, you know, regarding SSRIs. Um, uh, are, do you find that even when you do give SSRIs that you may even use a little bit of 5-HTP to improve the serotonin production? Um, I've done that more with kids than I have with adults. Um, I might use, especially if there's sleep issues, um, 5-HTP is a precursor to serotonin. It also impacts melatonin production. So it's an easy, um, it's a win-win in terms of the support. And sometimes then I don't need to go as high um, with the uh, antidepressant. I, I work with kids too, so I try to be really uh, selective um, with low-dose exposure if possible. Mm, thank you. Oh, such great information here, doctor. Where can we learn more about you and your work? Uh, drpence.com is my website. Dr. Pence, and that's P-E-N-T-Z. Correct. Thank you Correct. for um, clarifying that. Yes. Yes. And your book, where can we find more about your book, Cleanse Your Body, Reveal Your Soul? Well, it's available on Amazon um, and Target, too. Um, so please check it out. I would really appreciate it. Fantastic. I wanted to briefly share just I had one Amazon uh, reviewer describe it as a an Ayurvedic version of Eat, Pray, Love. So I thought that was a pretty fun review. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's a great. But you know, when I look at this, just your your story is beautiful too. I I just really love the way you've written it as and it's easy read. Um, and I can see you speaking. You know, it's kind of like you're just talking to us as you are uh, when I'm hmm. reading. And it's lovely. There's a lot of photos there, too, inside. And it's, an, it's a workbook. I, I can look at it as even as a workbook. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Right. Pence, for being here on Wellness for Life. Thank you, Dr. Suzanne, for having me. You bet. Oh, gosh, great information. Do share this show with your loved ones. It will change their life for the better. And definitely go out there and get Dr. Pence's book. It's fantastic. Now, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so, so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. And if you need to uh, dig deeper with your health issues, you need help, I work with people all around the world through phone and Skype consultations. So my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.